ذلك كتاب لا ريب فيه هدى للمتقين الله اكبر سو الف لام م ذات از ذا بوك ذس از ذا قران رايت ذلك الكتاب لا ريب فيه there is absolutely no doubt in this book and what it carries with regards to teachings and what it carries with regards to principles and what it carries with regards to guidance for humanity there is absolutely no doubt that this comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and as such there is no doubt that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is the messenger of Allah ذلك الكتاب لا ريب فيه there is no doubt in it uh it is a guidance a guidance for who a guidance for those who have taqwa so if we fast the month of ramadan and also apply a taqwa and we attain taqwa through our fasting when we open the quran and we read the quran and try to contemplate the ayat of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala what do we get from it we get guidance from it fasting the month of ramadan is our pathway to understanding the quran Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordained fasting upon us not so that we can go hungry and go thirsty and have dry lips at the end of the day not so that we can lose weight not so that we can go on some sort of diet or not so that we can show others uh, look at us as Muslims mashallah we're amazing we're able to stay away from food and drink from dawn until sunset and tell our non-Muslim friends and they're like wow how do you do it you don't even drink water no we don't drink water brother no we're so excited about that but really what truly matters is the acquisition of taqwa through that that's what's important not that you do the outward things and why is that important so that we can understand the book of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and why is understanding the book of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so important i mean it's an obvious question but why is it important because that is the way of life that we are supposed to live through the quran are principles that are teaching us how to live how to guide ourselves what is moral and what is immoral what is right and what is wrong what is the criterion between truth and falsehood <coughs> how do i know when to trust someone and when not to trust someone how do i know if someone wrongs when is it okay for them to come back in the circle of a friendship all of this stuff the quran teaches me all of this all of this stuff the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam lived by so when we fast on the ramadan we can we apply that taqwa and we have a a deeper attachment to the Quran and a deeper understanding of the Quran and thus our lives are then nourished and spiritually fulfilled uh, more so than ever. Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala goes on to say in Surah Al-Baqarah, "Shahrul Ramadan alladhi unzila fihi al-Qur'an hudan lin-nas wa bayyinatin min al-huda wa al-furqan." That the month of Ramadan is the month in which the Quran was revealed. You all know this, right? This is the month of Ramadan revealed. Is it true for you guys? When was Ramadan actually prescribed upon Muslims to fast? In the lifetime of the Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, it has a guess. Before the Hijrah was it after the Hijrah? Okay, good. It's after the Hijrah. Now we're getting closer. How many years after the Hijrah? First year. First year. No, it was the second year after the Hijrah. So two years into the Hijrah of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. It's okay, brother. It's okay. It's okay. If the Imam asks, it's okay. Uh, some brothers might have a bit of a, an apprehension about speaking during the khutbah and how that might be a, a wrong thing to do. As the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, he said that the one who speaks when the Imam is speaking uh, in the khutbah, then his Jumu'ah is none void; doesn't get a reward for his Jumu'ah. But when the Imam asks asks a question, it's totally okay to then respond to that. That's totally fine. As a process, I'm did many times with his Sahaba. Uh, Anyway, Shahr Ramadan the unzila fi al-Qur'an. So, uh, Ramadan was prescribed in the second year after the Hijrah. And the Qur'an was revealed in the month of uh, Ramadan. And it is all about unzila fi al-Qur'an, nas, guidance for mankind, wa bayyinatin min al-huda wal-furqan. And it's all about clarity. 
then what is guidance? What truly is guidance? And that criterion between haqq and batil. So the Quran allows us to discern all of these things. So when someone at the Oscars gets up and slaps someone else in the face, us Muslims that sit there and be like, how do we discern whether who was right and who was wrong? And you know, he was a bit out of order to say that stuff, but then he was justified to hit him and stuff, and all these other debates that are going on. No. The Western sort of ideology and mentality is based on the fact that it is okay, satire is okay, it's okay for me to insult you, as long as I'm joking about it, I'm not taking it seriously. It's okay for me to insult you, insult your religion, make fun of your way of life, make fun of your appearance and how you look and so on and so forth. This is a principle that is very much rooted here in the West. Whereas us Muslims, that we do not make fun of anybody else under any circumstances because they, the person that you're making fun of or the people that you're making fun of, may be better in the eyes on the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala than you. Maybe closer to the, in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala than you. Maybe closer to the haqq than you. So you are in fact insulting someone who is close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this criterion of the Quran gives us, it gives us clarity with regards to our lives. We're not confused when we live our lives. We know the difference between truth and uh, falsehood. Then he goes on to say many other things. The point I want to make here, brothers and sisters, is that for the most part, as Muslims, we get caught up in the visuals of what Ramadan brings. We get caught up in the uh, sort of cinematic experience that Ramadan brings, that everybody comes together in Taraweeh, the masjid is packed, everyone's praying outside, there is all sorts going on, Eid comes, there's takbirat and all sorts. We are captivated and captured by that. We are captivated and captured by the way the Quran is recited in a melodious and beautiful voice. Not necessarily by the Quran itself, not necessarily by the meanings of the Quran itself, not necessarily by its inter uh, uh, implementation or contemplation, not by those things, rather just by the visual effects of what Ramadan brings. The Prophet ﷺ, he said, When describing where taqwa is housed in the place of uh, in the body of a Muslim, it's not on his limbs, it's not on his face, it's not in the clothes that he wears, rather it is in his heart. That is where taqwa truly is. Now all of these things that we do to manifest ourselves as Muslims, or the way that we pray, and the way that we conduct ourselves in front of others, that, um, that is a manifestation of what is already in your heart. It permeates onto your actions, right? Iman is qawlun wa amalun wa niya, right? It's, it is actions and it is speech, but it emanates from the intentions that are within your heart. So if taqwa is ha-huna, taqwa ha-huna, taqwa ha-huna, that is where we are going to attain the understanding of the Qur'an. Meaning that we need to rectify ourselves from the inside before we rectify ourselves from the outside. It is okay, mashallah, it is a good thing that we all come to the masjid and pray. It is a good thing that we all whip open the mushaf and we do a khatam, or two khatams, three khatams of the Qur'an in Ramadan. No problems whatsoever, that is fantastic. But if we neglect our heart and the ailments of our heart, and we do not rectify our hearts while focusing on the outward appearance of ourselves, then there is no khayr in our Ramadan. There is no khayr in our Ramadan. The Prophet ﷺ, he said that the one who insults and backbites and does all of their sins under the sun but still abstains from food and drink, uh, Allah subhanahu is no need of, is in no need of his fasting. And all he gets from his fast is just hunger and thirst. What a terrible situation that is to be in. SubhanAllah. And that is all as a result of him focusing just on the fact that he is supposed to abstain from food and drink water on the outside. Right? Inna Allah, the Prophet said in an authentic hadith, Inna Allah, la yunfur ila ajsamikum wa la ila suhurikum wa la kin yunfur ila kulubikum. 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he doesn't look at your bodies, the way how fit you are, how healthy you eat, and all that, all that other stuff. وَلَا يَنظُرُ إِلَىٰ صُورِكُمْ How you look on the outside, the clothes that you wear, the car that you drive, the house that you live in. None of this stuff matters to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. None of it matters to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What matters is what is in your heart. وَلَا يَنظُرُ إِلَىٰ قُلُورِكُمْ He looks at what is in your heart. So if you come, mashallah, to the masjid, taraweeh, the second the imam gives the takbir, to the moment he gives the taslim of the witr, you are there behind the imam the whole time. If you haven't corrected what is in your heart, then what is the point? What is the point? There is very little point in that. We need to fast not only with our limbs, not only with our bodies, we also need to fast with our hearts. We need to fast from uh, enmity and hatred towards others. We need to fast from our jealousy and our envy towards others. The Prophet ﷺ, he said, Al-Hasadu yakulu al-Hasanat kama takulu al-Naru that this jealousy that we have in our hearts towards others, this want for other people have, this desire that we have for material things that we can show others and put them down with, this feeling that we have in our heart that comes from time to time, this very feeling eats away at our hasanat, our good deeds, our taraweeh, our recitation of Quran, our coming to the masjid. This eats away at our good deeds just like fire eats away at wood. That's how that action eats away at our good deeds. And that is something that is in your heart. Tell me, where is hasad? Can you define hasad for me? Can you define jealousy for me? Is it somewhere in your hands? It is in your face? It is in your, in your feet? No, it is somewhere in your heart. Rectify this, and everything else will be rectified on the outside. Be generous, not for the, the, the sight of giving. Pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not for the sight of prayer, rather to rectify what is in your heart. The Prophet ﷺ, he said, whoever has a hard heart, then they need to suffer. Whoever finds harshness in his heart, right? He's not crying in his prayer. He sees poverty around him, but nothing moves him. He sees people going through a hard time, he's like, yeah, that's their problem, not mine. People go through these uh, phases. If you ever go through this phase where you have a hard heart, then give in sadaqah. It will soften your heart. So not for the, the sight of you giving, it's rather for you rectifying your heart and softening your heart. All of our actions that we do in our being, every single one of them, from beginning to end, has an effect on our inner being, on our inner soul, on our nafs. And that is what Ramadan is here to do. Ramadan is here to remind us that there is more to life than just satiating our carnal desires. There is more to life than just being entertained. There is more to life than just Netflix and YouTube. There is more to life than just getting money. There's more to life than being famous. Ramadan is there to remind us. And we have, alhamdulillah, the greatest of opportunities. Why? Because we are alive to see Ramadan. Inshallah, may Allah keep us alive until tomorrow, bi'nillahi ta'ala. But what an amazing thing to be. Well, what an amazing time to be in. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saved us from last Ramadan to be able to see this Ramadan. What an amazing blessing. Are we going to take advantage of it? Are we, are we going to be of those who have this opportunity and take it? Uh, by the reins and really take advantage of it? Or are we going to be like those who haven't prepared well enough? The first week of Ramadan goes and we're just getting into the swing of things. Middle of Ramadan, everyone kind of calms down, so you calm down with everybody. And the last 10 nights come and you're like, oh, I've got to do something about this now, but you've already missed so much. And then the 27th night comes and you stay the whole night in the masjid. And Alhamdulillah, inshallah, I've, I've caught the recovered. Is that going to be your Ramadan? Or is it going to be something special? Where something changes inside of you? 
and you become awakened to the Quran and Sunnah, and you embody that in your heart and your mind, and you implement that in your life and with your family, and throughout the rest of the year, even after Ramadan, it is as if Ramadan stays with you. Is that going to be your choice that you make? This is what we have in front of us, inshallah, a choice for us to make from tomorrow or from today, even. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us tawfiq to be able to make the right choice, to be able to benefit from our time in Ramadan, and to be able to be of those who implement the Quran in our lives and with our families. I will call Inshallah, there is an hour in the day of Jumu'ah uh, that if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is asked for anything, He doesn't need the one who asks Him empty handed. Uh, we don't know when that hour is, we pray and we hope that this is the hour in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepts our du'as. So we raise our hands to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we ask Him from the bottom of our hearts and the utmost of class to forgive our sins, to overlook our shortcomings, to save us from the punishment of the hellfire. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us the ability to see Ramadan through. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept all of our good deeds before the, in the build-up throughout the month of Ramadan and throughout the month of Ramadan, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Allahumma ja'alna man qama Ramadan imani wa ihtisaban wa ufira lahu ma taqaddam min dhambi. Allahumma taqaddam minna salatana wa siyamana Ya Rabbil Alameen. Allahumma taqaddam minna rukuana wa sujudana Ya Akram al-Akramin. Allahumma wahtiqna liqara'ati Qur'anika Ya Rabbil Alameen. Allahumma ja'alna min man ittaba'a sunnata nabiyika sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana wa fi al-akhirati hasana wa fi al-adhaab al-nar.